Welcome home. You're listening to the Life Center Rainier Weekend Message. Hello, Life Center Rainier. We're so glad that you would come and join us today. My name's Jesse. If we haven't had a chance to meet, uh, we would love for you right now, if you would, extend invitation for somebody else to come and gather with us here online today. But we're leaning into a new collection of talks, a new sermon series, if you will, and we're calling it Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. You know, we in these times have faced some serious pains. There's, there is some difficulty about today. More than COVID-19 and the coronavirus, we are certainly faced with the pains of people being killed, black men being killed, uh, the ensuing riots and, and the pain of the ripple effects. And we know that there is one answer and his name is Jesus Christ. And we believe through faith that he gives us the grace to endure through these days, but he also gives us the grace not just to get through the days, but to get us to where he has called us to be. You know, the gift of God is not that he's just trying to get us to heaven. He's trying to get heaven to all of us. And the opportunity we have today to really share the love of God in this dark season and time is that the light of Christ will shine through the carriers of grace. And this sermon series, Amazing Grace, I really believe is, is providential. And these words are going to be instrumental for us in this time that we can continue to be used by him in a mighty, mighty way. The title of my talk today is The Grace That Saves. The Grace That Saves. You know, really, we're going to be talking about a foundational part of our entire belief system, and that's the saving grace of Jesus Christ, the salvation. And it's wise of us to understand that we have to create some foundation for us to continue to move forward in faith. And the wise man, as Matthew chapter 7 says, digs down deep and builds on the solid rock. We have to have a firm foundation to build from. And so if we don't understand the gift of the saving grace of God, we will not understand how the grace of God continues to perpetuate and empower us to move forward, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation. And so I want to lean into this collection of talks in a foundational way, first and foremost. And we're going to do so by sharing some scripture. We'll be in the book of Ephesians, just a small two uh, chapters in Ephesians chapter 2. Go with me there if you would. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And it says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. See, we need to understand that this gift that God has given us to have an encounter and a relationship and the courage to keep going only comes through the gift of understanding that we are so loved that he gave. You know, John chapter three, verse 16 talks about this clearly that God so loved the world. It's not that he so loved any specific individual, that he so loved the world that he gave for every single person to receive this gift. And, and it's foundational at its core. And I really believe that the thing that we should walk away from is for some of this, this is going to be review. But for others, this is really going to be the, the perpetuation of the person Jesus Christ himself, as we understand how generous he is, 
how gracious he is. As in Psalm 145, it says that the Lord is gracious and compassionate and he's slow to anger and rich in love. And we're gonna realize how good this God truly is. And I'm gonna take this word grace today and I'm gonna break it down in an acrostic or an acronym, if you will, and use each letter as a different emphasis point. And the first focus that I wanna lean into uh, right here and right now is the letter G, G. First and foremost, grace, we need to understand is God's gift. This is God's gift that he's given to us. And we have to understand that a gift that's given to us is only truly received when it's welcomed and when it's opened. And this gift is such a generous gift. And it's not something that we earn or deserve. Really, by way of definition, that is grace. What is grace? Grace is the unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor of God. This isn't like you and I asking God to to do a favor. He's saying, no, I've favored you as my child. What does that mean? It means that he sees you, gives to you, and allows you to now come in to the full inheritance of who he is. And so the favor of God is the gift of God of grace. And we're not talking about what grace does. No, no, this is what grace is. Because what grace is, is something that you and I can never earn or deserve. Because if we've earned it or deserved it, all of a sudden it's not grace. This is why it matters so much that we understand that it's a gift. And the thing about the gift of grace is that there's no bragging rights in association to it, right? Right here in Ephesians, he says, for this is grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God so that no one can boast. I don't know if you're uh, have a home dynamic like mine, but my kids, if, if somebody gets something, maybe I sneak one of them a little piece of candy and the other ones aren't necessarily around at the time, they'll, I'll tell them, hey, don't, don't put this in your brother or sister's face. But they'll take it and they'll go find them as quick as they can and they'll be like, dad gave me a piece of candy. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Well, they're children, that's what's wrong. But this gift of grace is to understand that there's no bragging rights in heaven. Every single one of us are favored and highly favored by the one who gives so generously to get us into this this specific place where we would receive this incredible gift. Because a good father is willing to point out a problem for it to produce the power in which it will continue to allow us to live in. Let me talk about the problem for a minute. The, the problem ultimately is this thing called sin. See, you and I are seeing symptoms of sin in our world today. And we start to think that maybe someone's a problem, this person or that person or these people group. No person is the problem. Sin is the issue. Sin is the separator. Sin is the divider. Sin is the wedge. It is the division. And it's not Even in it, it comes from the deceiver, the adversary, the devil himself. That he would long to separate us from the love of God. And this is why a good father helps us understand that he gives good gifts. And that the good gift is needed to be received because there's a dark day 
that we're not just facing today, but eternally. And so he gives the good gift, but he points out the problem. He says, Here, here's the problem is that you and I are separated relationally until you receive this gift that brings us back eternally. And that's what grace is. And a good father points out the problem of sin so it can produce in us a receptivity for the gift and a willingness to steward the gift. Romans chapter 3 verse 24 says this, all of us need to be made right. Other translations say justified with God by his grace, which is a free gift through Jesus Christ. This is a very clear scripture that will help us understand that the gift of God's grace is one that we get to receive, that we can't earn, deserve, or do anything to get it, because if we do, it loses the essence of what it is, which is a gift. And every good and perfect gift comes from above, is what James says in chapter 117. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, which does not change like shifting shadows. I think the problem is when we fail to receive this gift called grace, it's because we've been failed on this earth and someone has tried to shift this thing. They try to do this bait and switch. They say, hey, if you do this, you'll get that. Or if here, here's, here's a gift, but really it's not a gift. It's something that gives to us to feed us, to serve us. But grace doesn't give to us to feed us, to serve us. Grace gives to us to help us understand that our life has been given to us and we will serve Jesus in response. Okay, G, uh, the next letter is R, which really this, this will help explain it a little bit. The R is received by faith. Received by faith. It, again, in Ephesians 2, uh, verses 8, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. This is not of yourselves. When we understand it's free and that it's not earned, because when it's earned, it's not free. But how we receive it really determines how we operate in it. Because if this thing called grace is not received in faith, all of a sudden we'll receive it, but we won't operate in it. And how we're called to live a life in Christ is through faith. The Bible says that we cannot please God without faith. That faith is, is really a gift that he's given to us as well, but we don't understand faith until we receive grace. And when we receive this grace, and if we receive it any other way than in faith, then all of a sudden it's, it's not grace. It's earning. It's deserving. It's it's doing. And the crazy thing about how this world works is that this thing called religion will easily creep in. And the, and the beautiful thing about grace is that it disrupts the religious. It, it makes them say, there's, there's no way you could get that because you haven't done this. So it disrupts the religious. But it also, it creates a little bit of a disbelief in the wayward where they would say, yeah, there's no way God would give to me. I've been so bad. And here's the beautiful thing about understanding what grace is, is it's not something that we earn, deserve, or can do for ourselves. It's just something we simply receive in faith. We have to believe unto it. Romans eleven six says this, and if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace, right? 
Keep going in Romans chapter 16. It says, people receive God's promise by having faith. This happens so the promise can be a free gift. And a gift is only truly a gift when it is given. And God has given it to us to receive it in faith. And this gift in faith is only the true gift when we receive it and open it and engage with it. And unless you and I believe that this gift's been given to us truly freely and, and at the will of God for us to relinquish control. See, that's what it means to walk in faith. It's to relinquish control of our life, yielding it. Well, I, I, I just kind of, I need to kind of stay in control. Here's the thing about control is that it's not a reality. It's a perceived reality. It's not even really ours in the first place. But Jesus gives us grace. And when we believe in faith, we give back our lives to him. When he's saying, I'm not giving you your life in grace. I'm giving the fullness of life in me. And in the fullness of a life in me, it comes by way of a point of surrender. And the only way you can operate in this love, lavished grace is to say, God, I give you right back now my life to you in return. So it's G-R-A, A. This is available for all, available for all. See, he gave not to any single person or people group. He gave one and for all. He gave his only begotten son that anyone would receive. Romans 10, 13, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't say this is limited or only allowed for certain people groups. No, he says, young, old, this person, these people group, black, brown, white, far, close, anyone that has found themselves at the feet of Jesus, he will give generously as we call on the name of the Lord. And when someone diminishes this gift of grace, it comes to this place where it determines the power. And if you and I try to diminish the gift of grace by way of dismissing it to a certain people group, now all of a sudden this is the conversation of racism. That we would deem one person more worthy of the gift of grace than another. And this is where we're at today. Obviously there is a lot of tension and reality of the pain and the struggle in which we are living in today. But friends, you and I have to come back to this posture that we would say, doesn't matter, Jew, Gentile, creed, color, race, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, it doesn't matter because what he's done for you and I has given to all and anyone who calls on the name of God will be saved. And when this grace gets to people like that, all of a sudden it becomes scandalous. What do you mean scandalous, pastor? I mean, it becomes appalling. It becomes shocking. It becomes outrageous. And it'll offend each and every one of us. Why? Because the God who generously gives this grace, he gives it generously to both the offended and the offender. He gives it both to those that are wounded and those who have wounded others. 
And this is the, the grace of God that we would understand that we can never limit it no matter what someone has done or hasn't done, no matter what, what has been imposed upon us, but the person of Christ would resurrect us all and empower us to know that this gift of grace is available for each and every person. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by the grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. I just think we have to remember that this gift that God has come to give it cannot and will not be limited to any single person. It is to be given to all people. That God so loved the world that he gave to all all. Okay, number four, this is the letter C. So we know now that uh, G is God's gift, R is received by faith, A is available for all, now four is C, and it comes through Christ. Comes through Christ. It, this doesn't come any other way. The gift of grace only comes through the one who was sent, the Son, Jesus Christ. And in this life, oftentimes, in the Old Testament, and we keep pulling ourselves back into this place where we think we have to do something to stay in this grace or receive this grace. or uh, you know, we just, we just start thinking feebly in our fallen minds and we start to lose what's been given to us so generously. And this is the, the law, the Old Testament law. It required payment. There were sacrifices that need to be made in order to stay in this place of salvation. But Jesus said that he came to save us one and for all, that he's the last Adam, the atoning sacrifice, the, 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 the perfect lamb, the one who came and died on the cross for forgiveness of all sins, past, present, and future. And the law requires payment, but grace requires nothing but receiving through Jesus Christ. We, no, 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 pastor, you can't tell me that, that anyone at any point in any time can just receive this Jesus. See, they got to be a little bit better of a person first, don't they? It's not about who we are. It's not about what we've done. It's not about what's been done to us. It's about who Jesus is and how he so generously loves us that he gives. Because the cost of salvation came at a price, the price of the life of Jesus Christ. But that price you and I did not pay. And the gift that we have in salvation cost us nothing other than the sin that made it necessary. But to continue to allow Jesus to form his likeness in us, it's going to come at a cost of us relinquishing control and willing to allow anyone else to come and receive and to understand that it only comes through Jesus Christ. Every time we fail to remember that the price Jesus paid, we cheapen this grace that saves. We even thrift shop the grace of God. We cheapen it down to this level that we start to um, over, we start to do things like um, over uh, estimate 
and exaggerate our accomplishments and we start to underplay and downplay our areas of shortcoming. And that's for us to not recognize. That's where we miss it, where we don't recognize all that Jesus has come to accomplish on the cross and what he produced in each and every one by way of grace. So we go and we try and we pay a little less and we rather not point to the person of Jesus and the pain that he produced on the cross, that he endured, that he dealt with. And we try to be dismissive of it and, and, and downplay it a little bit. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was the greatest moment in all of history that in all humanity, in the existence of the life that this world would know in the form of people, this was the greatest moment this world will ever know. And we have to point clearly back to it and understand that the law requires payment, but Jesus came to lavish it on us generously. He came without requirements other than that we would receive from him. Hebrews 9.22 says, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. I'm so glad that Jesus came to give his life, to lay it down so he would raise it up again. That he gave himself as a ransom. That you and I would not have to run away from the punishment and the penalties of what this world would have to offer. But we get to run into the loving arms of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. But how do we do this? We have to know that the scripture leads us. Romans 5.15 says, And many people have received God's gift of life by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. This is not about what we do to deserve. This is about what has been done for us from Jesus. It only comes through Christ himself. Uh, number five, and, and in closing, I'll conclude with this. The last letter is E, extended eternally. Extended eternally. You know, this gift of grace, it keeps going. It continues to move us forward in all life. And the grace that saves is the grace that sustains. That what God has given us isn't just for a moment, but it's for our eternal life. In Romans 6, 23, it says, The wages of sin are death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, in these scriptures, God exhausts and profoundly helps us understand who he is, the character of God, and how he has graciously extended to you and I to receive this gift of grace. And in these scriptures, he helps us understand who he is and the consistency in which he has called us to live in him. But before he, uh, we get to live consistently, he shows his consistency. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 4, it says this, Grace and peace to you from him who is and was and is to come. This is a, a consistent theme through the book of Revelation. If you read it, uh, uh, just a, a couple of chapters or a couple of verses here later in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, it goes on, it says, 
I am the Alpha and the Omega. Yes, the Lord God, who is and was and is to come. You, I, I bring this up because it speaks to the, the grace that God's given to you and I. There's a gift that we get to understand. That he gives it to us for today. He gives it to us for our yesterday. And he gives it to us for all eternity. And this is the past, the present, and the future, right? This is why the writer of Hebrews in chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That this grace extended to you and I is one of all eternity. And since God is eternal, his grace is eternal. That he's called you and I to live in this life with him eternally. That the past is who was, right? The who was covers the penalty of sin, the punishment of sin. Jesus took care of that on the cross. The sin that was, he separated it from us because we were separated from the Father. And he stood in the gap and brought us back into right relationship. So the past, but the present is the who is. The who is is the power of sin for today. That you and I can be free from the power of sin today when we have the grace of God freeing us. And it says, and who is to come? This is the future, the presence of sin. That one day we will not live in this world. We will not have to deal with these fallenness, these earth vessels, this earth suit, these life, the fallenness of our thinking, the futile thinking. This world in which that still has these ripple effects of the original sin. We're still living in this world today and we're facing these battles on the regular right now, obviously. But he says, you have been saved. You are being saved and you will be saved. This is the eternal gift of God's grace to remind us that the penalty was the wages of sin and he has wiped them away. The, the power in this present time will not dictate or control us any longer. We've got freedom found in the savior of this gift called grace. And now we find that the presence of sin will be taken away from us one day when we enter into heaven with him that the past the past is the primary point and focus of this entire portion of the talk that we have to remember if you and I don't get free from the sin of our past then we will continue to operate in the present and in the future without peace and without this constant Reminder that faith comes for our future. So we'll forfeit the peace, we'll forfeit the faith for the future if you and I don't understand that the grace that saves comes to set us free of all that has done, been done, and will do. And now we get to operate in this generous life of understanding that God has given so graciously to us, we get to receive. And if you and I don't understand that this gift of grace, the saving grace, comes by way of a gift, then we won't take it, receive it, open it, and operate in it. And salvation is not a goal to be achieved. It's a gift to be received. And so I just want to pray with us today that that would be our very decision. And maybe you're someone that has prayed this salvation prayer 
at some point before in your life. Maybe one time or a, a long time from this time and you're at a point in a place that you're willing and understanding that you need to receive this free gift again. For it is by grace you will be saved through faith. This is no, there's no bragging rights. There's no ability to say that anything we've done in this conversation. See, you and I only contribute the sin that makes it necessary for God to send his son to give the grace of God. And this gift of salvation is not a goal to be achieved. It's a gift to be received. And I want to pray for each and every one of us today that you would receive this gift at such a deep part that it would really be in your spirit. And now we would allow this foundational point in our life to continue to build our spiritual life moving forward. Would you pray this prayer with me? Come on, bow your heads and close your eyes if you would, just to focus and pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a brand new beginning that starts right now. I confess you as Lord, Savior, ruler of my life. I no longer live, but it's you who lives in me. Jesus, I thank you for the gift of grace. G-R-A-C-E. This grace disrupts the religious and it brings disbelief to the wayward. Why? Because we think I've got to earn it. I've got to deserve it. Or we think there's no way I could receive it because I don't deserve it. But what Jesus, you came to do is to dismiss and dismantle any constructs, any thinking, anything other than just receiving. So God, I pray for the power of grace to go before us. We're not talking about what grace does. We're talking about who grace is and the gift of grace is Jesus himself. So God, we receive you and we believe unto you, God, that you would cover us and care for us in your grace, Lord. You would give us this gift and we would receive it so beautifully and we would understand that this gift of grace is the gift that saves. We praise you and we thank you now in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. We pray that this message would hit you right in the heart and help every single one of us because there's no graduating from grace. We're all just beginners in the presence of Jesus, but now he'll continue to work and flow out of us through this foundation, this starting point of walking with him daily in grace. We love you. Bless you. Pray with us. Believe with us. We're praying and believing with you in Jesus name. Amen. Bye-bye.